right. Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is the Deal Finding Training Off-Market Leads Edition. Uh, my name is Joseph De La Cruz. I'll be your host for today. And thank you again so much for joining this Real Estate IQ webinar today. I hope you are all doing well and staying safe. So another great way that you can get involved and learn more about uh, what we do and what we offer and also find um, partners and, and vendors for your power team uh, is checking out our website, realestateiq.co. Uh, we just launched and revamped the entire website. So um, actually, we'll go through a couple slides on what you can do there in a moment. So this event is brought to you by Real Estate IQ. We are the number one in deal finding. And uh, what we mean by that is we offer you over 45,000 uh, leads for distressed and potentially motivated sellers every month. And we've got coverage in Texas, Florida, and Georgia, and we'll be nationwide um, in, our, in our plans here in, in a couple of years. So uh, definitely stay tuned, get involved with us if you're curious and to hear more about our expansion plans. And this is one of my favorite slides too. Um, we've, we've spent about seven years now building, uh, building the company, the platform, the tools, um, and it's not just a matter of the raw data that we provide, but it's really the entire platform, which includes uh, our community. Um, so our users, uh, our vendors, the other, um, the other partners on our platform. When you look at everything as a whole, we really believe that you've got everything you need to find a deal with Real Estate IQ. Um, so definitely take advantage of everything we have to offer um, and a good way to do that again. Um, is checking out our website, realestateiq.co. Um, but before we dive a bit into that, I just want to give a quick shout out to our team members, um, our two co-founders, Steve and Juan Carlos in Dallas. Uh, they started the company seven years ago. Um, Steve coming from a corporate's, um, corporate America background, physicist slash engineer with a lot of leadership and management experience, and Juan Carlos being more of the entrepreneurial um, real estate, very, very experienced real estate investor. Um, and then we've been able to grow. So myself, uh, Becky and Rodney uh, with various roles in the other Texas markets. Uh, but what I really love about the, the team is we are also investors. So we're not just creating these products kind of in a bubble, uh, but we're out there investing actively in many cases. Um, so we're creating tools for other investors as well. And um, as I mentioned to you before, I've, I've got a, a technology background, but um, I decided about uh, three years ago to go the real estate route and I got involved with Real Estate IQ. I'm also very active in the Central Texas markets um, in, in Bell County, uh, Williamson County, Travis County. So that's Austin, Round Rock, Temple and Colleen. Um, if you have a chance, I'd love for you to check out my personal business Facebook page. It's just uh, facebook.com forward slash new day homes tx got some shots here from some of the projects we've taken on um, the one here on the computer screen was the first deal i had ever done kind of negotiated i did the marketing negotiated um, did the flip that sold it um, and that one is special to me because it was actually obtained through real estate iq um, i got that lead by uh, door knocking and leaving flyers on uh, it was the hoa foreclosure list so um, definitely a special deal in my mind, um, as it was, uh, through real estate IQ as well. 
a big, I want to give a big shout out to our sponsors that make it possible for us to do what we do and also help our clients um, leverage our products and kind of close the deals, fund the deals and, and expand their, uh, their capabilities. So one thing to note here, you know, we are very selective about who we, who we do business with, who we invite to be part of our network. Um, for me personally, I've done business with about half of these um, sponsors and vendors as well. So um, we've got, I'll call them out in no particular order here. We've got three hard money lenders, Investor Loan Source, Blink Lending, and Bay Mountain Capital. Um, I know they're all active in the current um, market conditions. And um, if you're curious why there's three hard money lenders, well, you definitely want to shop around. Every hard money lender has different programs um, that may suit um, you for a particular project. So uh, don't just go and, and stick with one hard money lender all the time. Just, uh, of course, you know, build those relationships, but always keep networking, always uh, keep growing your, your team and seeing what other products are out there that may be able to, to serve you for your particular situation. And if you're interested in uh, investing in real estate in your um, retirement accounts, your IRA, your 401k, um, Quest Trust Company is a great uh, company to deal with. They've got extensive experience with real estate. So everything we're talking about today, if you get a deal under contract, you can get it, you can fund it with um, uh, your Quest account, or maybe you've got a friend who is lending their money in, in a, or looking to lend their money in a retirement account. You can also hook them up with Quest. Um, then for the kind of passive investment uh, or the sort of buy and hold investors, we've got real property management. Uh, to help with your all your buy and hold property management needs across Texas. Um, and then check out Note School as well if you're interested in um, investing in notes, either on the passive or active side. Um, Eddie Speed, does, uh, he has a lot of great material, also centered around kind of creative strategies and creative financing, um, which is definitely important with, uh, with all that's happening in the world. We've also got Sean with Action Coach. If you're looking to kind of scale your business and, and take it to the next level, we highly recommend his services. We've actually leveraged it for ourselves as well. Um, we're going to be walking through our product here today in, in just a couple minutes, but specifically just the off-market leads portion. We do have three other products that we don't have the time to go in depth today. So if you're interested in all the other products we have, um, the best way to do that is just to schedule this demo request with us. It's completely free um, and it's on your schedule. We'll, set, we'll reach out to you and set up a time where we can do a one-on-one -on -one screen share for our products. Uh, so that being said, I do want you to hear from one of our, excuse me, one of our clients here concerning our product. Um, hopefully you I'm here with Adam at... Pardon me, I had it playing twice. All right, guys, I'm here with Jordan at the uh, Drain event. And Jordan just told me he found a lot of success with Real CIQ. So, Jordan, tell us more. So what we did, we actually took all the data that you were giving us for the low monthly subscription. We took all of that, and what we do is we actually go skip trace and find deals. This month alone, we closed on two deals that actually came from real estate IQ. One was for um, 
Hopefully by the end of the presentation as well, you'll see firsthand how uh, Jordan was able to leverage, oops, sorry about that, how he was able to leverage our data as well. So that's the topic for today. Uh, give me a second while I get the audio back in here. Okay, so uh, again, today's focus is specifically on off-market leads, um, uh, which is part of what we call our deal finding suite products. Um, when you look at all the products as a whole, there's again over 45,000 new leads every single month. But again, for today, we are going to focus primarily on the off-market leads. So um, first and foremost, I need to address the question, you know, why do we want to go off-market versus looking at, you know, all the properties that are listed? For example, if you just go to realtor.com or, um, or zillow.com, you'll find uh, in any given time, there's at least uh, here in Austin, I think there's about eight, eight or 9,000 properties on the market. Why can't we look at them at on market deals, things on the MLS? Well, the idea is that as investors, we want to find properties that are, uh, that we can get at a discount. And anytime a property is listed on the market, uh, that means it's retail pricing. Someone lists on the market in order to get the highest price um, but as investors, we pretty much want to get, we have the opposite goal of getting it at the best price possible. So that's really where um, off-market leads come in. Now, that doesn't mean there are no good deals on the MLS. You know, people can still list properties at a discount on the M MLS, um, especially when the market shifts, when there's uh, some kind of shift from a seller's market to a buyer's market, we might start to see more and more deals on the MLS. But you always want to have uh, a good pipeline of leads, especially leads um, that are coming off market. That just generally means you have less competition uh, and the, the better chance you have to get these at the price that you need as an investor. So that's really why we turn to the off market lead side. Um, so these are the different types of uh, off market leads we offer. Um, and I'll go through each one of these um, kind of time permitting. Uh, we'll, we'll discuss them in, in more detail. But what I'm really looking for from you all um, is let me know when I specifically um, pull up a slide on one of these lead types. If you have questions about it, let me know and we can discuss that in more detail. Otherwise, I'm going to do a higher level overview. And then we can also take a look at some of the examples. Uh, I can pull up the list that we, we offer. Um, and look at them in, in um, a bit more depth. But again, that's based on your inputs. So let me know in the chat window if one of these types um, or one or more of these types are very interesting to you and we can kind of focus on those. But I will again give you a, an overview on that. Um, before we continue though, I do want to check the Q&A window here. Uh, there is a little bug on my system since I'm in full screen, I can't actually pull up the Q&A question. Could I get someone on our team to post the Q&A question into the chat window? So I can see the chat window, I just can't see the uh, Q&A section. So um, I'll check the chat window again here shortly to make sure I'm addressing the Q&A uh, question. So um, that being said, let's jump into the different off-market lead types. 
I am going to um, focus on pre-foreclosure. Uh, now pre-foreclosure, you know, it's, it's a very popular list to work, uh, but it's, it's, it's important because um, I, I think that this is the lead where um, you have the most possible motivation from someone. You know, they're, they're going to lose their house. Um, the bank is going to take their house back, uh, you know, from them. So I don't think there's anyone who could be more motivated than that. So the idea here, um, there's a timeline associated with uh, foreclosure or pre-foreclosure leads. And there's some subtle nuances that we want to discuss so that you're fully aware of how they work and you know what we have to offer in that space. So uh, the timeline with pre-foreclosures, of course, the, the borrower, you know, they've defaulted on their loan. They haven't been paying the mortgage for a certain period of time. Um, you know, it could be that time period could vary uh, from lender to lender, but you know, some it's between two, two to six months, um, that kind of range. Um, more often I'm seeing closer to, you know, three to four month range of, of when uh, lenders are starting to take action. Of course, everything we're talking about here is under normal conditions. As you all know, with, um, with COVID-19 uh, foreclosures um, backed by, um, you know, Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac, which is the vast majority of all, uh, all mortgage loans out there, those foreclosures are on hold. Uh, the last I heard is that they will resume in July but uh, that could change. The situation is changing uh, very, very rapidly. So it's probably, I'm guessing July or August is when we might start to see some more foreclosures uh, pick up. But under normal circumstances, the timeline um, of a pre-foreclosure is that uh, the lender um, will privately provide some kind of notice to the borrower. You know, they're probably going to call the, the borrower and you know, have an automated message saying, you know, call us about the status of your loan. We have important information to discuss. In other words, you know, you haven't been paying us, so we need to work that out. So that initial notice is just between the bank and the homeowner. It's not publicly recorded. But uh, at step number two, what happens is that banks, you know, your Wells Fargo, your Chase banks, they're not in the business of foreclosing on people or owning homes. So when they're at a point in which they want to proceed with the foreclosure process, they hire someone else to do that work for them. And that's what we call the, the substitute trustee. And the lender, for example, Wells Fargo will appoint a trustee, a substitute trustee, um, typically some kind of um, law firm to carry out the pre-foreclosure process and make sure all the, the legal requirements are, um, are, are met. So that's what we call the appointment of substitute trustee lead. And that is what happens. That is uh, oftentimes the first thing that is publi publicly recorded that indicates that there is a, uh, a pre-foreclosure in, in the works. And granted, this is specific to um, Texas and um, non-judicial non foreclosure states. Uh, in other words, states in which the banks don't have to go to court in order to foreclose. Uh, so that's a whole other topic we can address if there's any interest. Uh, but third and final step, uh, this needs to happen 21 days before the auction. So 21 days before uh, the first Tuesday of the month here in Texas, the lender um, through the substitute trustee is going to notify the public, the general public, that there's going to be a foreclosure sale uh, for this property at this time, at this date, uh, at this location. 
So that's what we call the pre-foreclosure lead when there's a document physically posted at the courthouse that says, you know, this property 123 Main Street is going to auction at this date and this time. So um, essentially you have two windows into this process uh, and these are leads that we provide to you as our clients. You get number one, the appointment of substitute trustee. Um, so that's kind of one step before um, step number three, and then you get the pre-foreclosure lead. So the idea here is that you can reach out to these homeowners at various points in time um, and, and offer your services. You know, they've, they've obviously got a situation on their, on their hands that needs to be resolved. Uh, so you can go in and, and offer your um, services and your expertise there. So let me know if you have any um, questions about the pre-foreclosure list um, or if you've got specific interest there, what we can do is pull up the list, but I'll wait till we have a bit more interest. I think um, just let me know in the chat window and I'll pull up a list uh, based on what um, your interest is. So in the meantime, I'm gonna go on to the next um, lead type here. So we've got probate and affidavit of airship leads. So these are leads in which um, there is of course, real estate involved, uh, and there is a death, a, a decedent. So someone who's passed away who did own real estate. Um, and in the probate case, the idea with probate is when there's a will in place, um, the will still has to be, uh, has to go through courts, uh, which is the process uh, called probate to basically put that will into effect. And um, this, again, is publicly recorded. So we know when someone who owns real estate um, files for, you know, the, the people named on their will will file for probate. Uh, so that's an opportunity because uh, in many cases, real estate is not really, you know, to us, it's an asset, but to certain people, it's a liability. So for example, if the heirs who inherit the real estate live out of state, you know, they're not really interested, or even if they live uh, nearby, if they're not interested in owning real estate, they don't want to go through the hassle of fixing it up, putting in tenants and managing the, the rental property and all that the property taxes and, and all the maintenance requirements to them, the house is really uh, a liability. So this is a point in time in which you can step in and offer to, you know, offload the, the liability, give them um, a fair offer and take care of the property and they can just get the cash in place of that. So, these are great leads to work, uh, but they also do require you to be uh, a bit more tactful, right? You're dealing with um, a death in the family, of course. And then also for you to understand that the time frame can be a lot more uh, stretched out compared to pre-foreclosure leads. Pre-foreclosure, people are going to lose their house in sometimes 21 days. So there's a fixed period of time. Whereas with probate leads, it could take a year um, to resolve the, you know, to go through the court process and all that. So these are longer term leads that require you to, uh, to build the rapport and establish that relationship over a longer period of time. Then we also do have uh, what we call the affidavit of airship. So uh, you might have been wondering, so what if someone owns real estate, but they pass away without a will? Uh, so if they didn't put a will in place, then the heirs, the rightful heirs of that property need to go through what we call an affidavit of heirship process. They will also need to do this if uh, there was a will, but they didn't put it through probate court um, within the four year time frame. That's in Texas. They have four years to, to probate a will 
Um, otherwise, after the four years, they have to go through the affidavit of airship route um, in order to uh, basically claim um, rights to that property. So again, these are all leads types, lead types that we offer to our clients. Um, I'm going to uh, I'm going to pull up the probate lead type here um, just to show you as an example. So I'm going to pull up. Um, our, our emails here. So all our off-market leads are sent out to our clients on a daily basis. So we're scrubbing that information uh, from five or six different public records every day, kind of correlating them and cross-referencing against other sources for accuracy. And we deliver that to our clients every single day, uh, every business day. So for the probate side, I'll, I'll show you a sample list here. I think we had a couple people from Houston. So I'll pull up the Houston probate list here, and we can walk through that very, very briefly here. Again, we don't have too much time to go through the, uh, the full details of it, but um, this is what a probate list looks like. So I'm going to zoom in here so you can see. Uh, of course, you've got the address, the name of the decedent. Um, and again, what we're doing with all our probate leads is we're scrubbing these to make sure these are um, real, you know, these people actually own real estate. There may be people who are going through um, probate, but you know the, the decedent didn't own real estate. So we filter those out for you. So in addition, of course, to the information about the decedent, you'll have information about the property, um, about the person who is filing for the probate case. So we call that the grantee, but you know the, the technical term is either the administrator or the executor of the estate. Uh, they're the ones responsible for um, taking care of the, uh, the probate process. So you get their address as well. And then we'll also provide um, some other pertinent information like the attorney's information. If there's a probate attorney assigned to the case, you will get their phone number, their email as well. And they're just another avenue of, of reaching out to the, actual, um, to the actual owners. If you can't get a hold of the owners, sometimes you can reach out to the attorney and they will relay the information back to the owners. So we provide all that information for you. So in some cases here in Texas, what I like to point out is you can't get this information without physically going into the courthouse, uh, pulling up the probate files and you know, flipping through the, the dozens and dozens of pages. So we do that work for you um, and kind of consolidate it all nicely um, for you. Um, all right. So if there, are, <clears throat> excuse me here. So if there are multiple heirs, that will be named uh, in the probate case. Great question. So, but there is always one person designated as kind of the administrator, the executor. So we give you the, the information for that person. <clears throat> excuse me here. With me for one moment. Uh, pardon me. So we give you the information for the person who is um, who is designated as the executor or the administrator, but it, that's a very good point. You may need to end up dealing with multiple heirs, um, in which case we give you the probate case information. Um, it's if you scroll over to the right here, um, we have the probate case information. So you can basically look up um, on, the, on the county website and see if there are other heirs involved, but for sure you need to deal with the with the person listed here as the executor. Um, and then you will probably be introduced to the other parties or you might work. You might have to essentially 
uh, step in and kind of try to negotiate if there's some disagreements between the heirs and all that. So that is something very good to be aware of. Um, but yes, that is a great question. You would be able to find that information out by looking at the case number here that we provide here. So if you, you can basically go to the county website and uh, in some cases you can do that online. Some cases you'll have to call the county and just say, hey, for probate case number you know, 80628, who are the named uh, heirs? Um, so that's a great question there. So, all right. And John, awesome. Uh, yeah, I, I love Shift. It really helps <laughs> helps with uh, managing the, the four different email accounts I have. <laughs> all right. So next, we do have the evictions list. Uh, so the idea here is that we're looking for motivated landlords. Um, so I can't think of any situation that would motivate a landlord more than, um, than them having to evict a tenant which means that, you know, they're not going to be collecting rents and then they're going to have to do, you know, make ready on that property and then list it again and pay if they've got a property manager, they've got to pay that first month's, um, you know, the, the large percentage, uh, pretty much the whole first month's rent will go to the, uh, to the property manager once it's leased out again. So you add up all those different um, pain points and you, you've got yourself of a, a motivated land. What we do uh, is we pull all the abort filings um, and then give you the information for, pardon me here, I think the audio is a little bit unstable. I'll speak a little slower for, for a second here. Uh, so what we do is we aggregate all the information for the court filings for evictions, and then we filter again to make sure that we're targeting, you know, um, smaller landlords. So we don't, we don't really care about apartment complexes. It's probably very standard for them to go through evictions. So they're not going to be motivated. But if you've got a single family house or a duplex or a small multifamily house owned by a small, you know, a mom and pop, so to speak, landlord or an accidental landlord, for example, um, these are potentially good leads. Uh, the problem, again, right now, as a side note, with the whole pandemic situation, evictions are also uh, kind of on hold right now. So we don't have a lot of good eviction leads right now, but you can pretty much bet on um, once that uh, the, the moratorium on evictions is lifted, there's probably going to be a spike in eviction cases. Uh, I, I've already spoken with several landlords who haven't been collecting rent during these times. Um, so you can imagine that that kind of motivation, it's just being delayed um, temporarily. So we'll probably see a spike uh, in the next couple of months. So one small note to the Austin people, I do need to call you out here and, and let you know that, um, or call out the city of Austin too. It's very, very difficult. Um, I should say the, count, the, tra the county, uh, so Travis County, it is very difficult to get the eviction data in Travis County. Uh, a lot of the information is redacted from the records. So we basically just get a name and a zip code for both the tenant and the landlord. Uh, so it's a little bit trickier to get that information here in Austin. Uh, we do what we can to kind of fill in the gaps, but there are some um, situations where we just cannot 
fully get the information. So again, we do what we can to narrow down um, the eviction filings, but there are, there are some holes in, in coverage in the uh, Travis County area. So next we do have the divorce list. Uh, this is another list again, we, we access by checking the, um, the court records. Um, so a divorce lead in our case is one in which there's been a divorce lawsuit that has been initiated. And number two, real property is associated with the lawsuit. We're not interested in the divorce cases where there's no real property. So we filter that out for you. And on top of that, if the case has progressed to a point where um, a decision, a decree has been made, and one of the two parties uh, has been awarded the real estate, we will indicate that in our lead as well. So you can reach out to the party that actually owns the real estate and you don't have to worry about the other party. But many of the cases are still in progress, so you would have to work with both sides um, and, of course, deal with the potential drama that might be involved there. But these, again, are good leads to work, um, especially, um, you know, as we're seeing a bit of a shift in the marketplace right now. Next, we do have lo loan modifications. So loan modifications are um, situations in which the, uh, the mortgager, the person who has taken out the mortgage, has been approved by the lender to change the original terms of their mortgage. Um, and the only reason they're allowed to do this is because they've proven that there is some kind of financial difficulty or hardship, uh, loss of employment, um, sickness, um, a divorce. These are all situations in which the lender might say, okay, you know, you're going through a hard time, but um, we'll help you out here temporarily and just allow you not to make, you know, the, the deal will be different depending on the lender, but typically it's either a reduced payment for a, a period of time or actually no payments for a period of time. And all those back, those payments that are missed or reduced, uh, what is owed to the bank is just typically added to the back end of the loan. So if, you know, they miss three months of payments, uh, then those three months extend the mortgage by another three months. And then all the, all the interest, and all that, those fees get accumulated on the back end. So these are, again, are all signs of some kind of motivation. And unfortunately, what we've seen statistically speaking is that there are a lot of people who go through loan modifications, but still eventually end up losing their house to foreclosure because it's, you know, these difficult situations can have a permanent impact on, on people. And unfortunately, the bank has a limited, you know, capacity to, to be able to, to extend um, help to these, to these homeowners. At the end of the day, um, a lot of these people, again, end up, you know, they'll, they'll be okay for a short period of time or maybe a, a medium, you know, on a medium time frame, mid time frame, they're okay. But then in the long run, they, a lot of them end up losing their home. So loan modification leads are kind of uh, a good lead type. They're kind of like a precursor to, to foreclosure leads in the sense that you want to reach out to these people and kind of build that relationship. Now, the fact that they're on the list means that they have a temporary solution. They've been able to modify their loan, but it's always good to reach out and let them know, you know, if things don't go as planned, I can be your backup. So, you know, you can build that rapport early on and, um, potentially get some good leads later on. So I'm just checking the clock here to make sure we're on schedule. So um, we are on schedule. So let me know if you've got any questions. Uh, we can do a deeper dive in any of these list types. 
Next, we have code violations, though. These are done at the city level. So a code violation is just a, a name and address of someone who has failed to adhere to some kind of rule or standard set forth by the city, uh, especially concerning maintenance, you know, the appearance of their property. So examples of this might be a homeowner who has overgrown grass in the yard, uh, trash in the yard, um, any kind of structural, you know, if the roof is caving in, um, if the, there are no windows or the windows are broken, um, you know, these are structural issues or hazards. There's also the code violation where someone is doing work on their, their property and didn't get the necessary permits. So I would say the most, the most interesting ones are probably the first three for investors. Uh, but overgrown grass is not necessarily a sign of motivation in and, in and of itself. But, it, you know, sometimes there could be signs, you know, if, it's, if the property is, has overgrown grass and the owner is, has got other liens on the property or they live, you know, halfway across the country, that, that might make it a bit more interesting. So... One of the topics that we will discuss here um, is that what you want to do with some of these leads sometimes is be able to figure out is someone on multiple of these lists. And um, what we allow you to do is we provide a little unique, uh, it's, it's just a small number um, identifier that is in all of our list types. So you can cross-reference that list against other lists to see if that particular home is on multiple lists. So that's one way that you can leverage um, the, you know, the, the data to kind of narrow down and filter your lead types. So we'll talk about that again uh, in a couple of slides here, especially with delinquent taxes. Um, so Tanya, you're asking, where is that identifier number? It is typically to the very right-hand side of our leads. So if you go to, for example, um, let me just exit out of this presentation here. So I had the probate lead pulled up. So just pull up uh, any lead type, scroll over to the right. Uh, it, it may be different for delinquent taxes and code violations depending on the city uh, and the county. But for most of the lead types, if you scroll over to the right, there is a property ID column and you can cross-reference that against our lead types. So I could search for this property ID in, the, in our foreclosure leads and um, but I don't, you know, I don't know for sure that this probate lead, it's probably not going to foreclosure. That's not too common. So, uh, but yeah, just use the property ID here to do the cross-referencing. Um, let me go back to the presentation here. And I do see there are some other questions. I think this is a good point in time to address some of these questions here. So Angelica, you're asking specifically going back to probate leads uh, that you should wait four to six months to contact a probate lead. Um, that's, you know, our specialty is more on the data side of things. Um, that's a question more about the strategy, the marketing strategy. I know people who do want to uh, give the, uh, the heirs um, kind of space during that period of time. But I have, I have known um, some people who have sold their property very, very early on in the probate case. Um, so one thing you do have to understand though, when the probate lead is, um, when, you, when you get a probate lead, it means that the, the heirs have at least reached a point in which they're ready to start the court proceedings for the probate case. So in some, you know, 
one point of view there is that, well, the fact that you're willing to go to probate court and take care of the, of this process means you're at a point that you're ready to move on and, you know, take care of the, the estate essentially. So, but again, some people do want to give a bit more time. You just run the risk that there will be another investor who doesn't follow that same, that, that same code, um, uh, uh, whatever you want to call it. Um, and they will reach out and snatch up the, the property sooner. I do know some people who will go as far as not even waiting for the probate lead, but working off of the, basically the, the obituaries. And as soon as someone passes away and they've owned real estate, they're already reaching out to the uh, homeowner. So we don't, again, it's, it's up to you as the investor, you know, you're, you're going to get some angry calls, some angry responses. But then again, there are going to be some people who genuinely want to take care of it. Uh, as soon as possible. So you, you just have to weigh those, um, those pros and cons there. Hopefully that, that was somewhat helpful. Uh, I know it wasn't a, a definite answer there. Uh, it, the, again, the answer is it really depends on, on what you want to, what code you want to operate on and, and what, if you're willing to, to receive those, um, those calls saying, you know, that, potentially that you're being inappropriate and, and not respecting people's um, and not being sensitive to people's situation. Um, on the question for, let's see, uh, Tanya, you're asking about skip tracing. We do have skip tracing services. Uh, if you drive, if you do driving for dollars and you have a list of properties you want to skip trace, you can do what we call an on-demand skip trace. Um, Stick around for the end of the presentation. We can talk a bit more about that. That wasn't really scheduled for today, but uh, if you can't stick around and talk about it, um, just you can go to our website and just search for under our tools button. There is a, um, a product called On Demand Skip Tracing, and you can send us the list and we will skip trace it for you. So Angelica, on the pre-foreclosure, uh, on the 21 days. Um, okay, so... Let me go back to pre-foreclosure here just so that there's a little bit more context here. Um, so the 21 days um, is in advance of the auction date. And in Texas, the auctions are the first Tuesday of every month, unless there's a holiday or there's some kind of pandemic situation that, uh, that cancels the auction. So the first Tuesday of the month, that's the auction date. And by law, the lender has to post that notice 21 days before that auction date. Um, otherwise, they're in violation of, uh, you know, of the laws. They, if they actually foreclose on the property, um, the person who loses their house at the auction can contest that and state that the, the lender didn't follow the rules 21 days before the auction post, uh, posting the notice, and they could get their house back. So... Hopefully that was clear, Angelica. If not, just let me know. We can revisit that. Um, but one thing to note, though, with the 21 days advance notice, most lenders do it much further than 21 days in advance. They, they know that the sooner they do it, the better. Uh, it, it's kind of risky to do it right at the 21-day notice, right? So a lot of lenders will do it far in advance. Okay, great questions. Uh, keep them coming, too, if... Uh, um, if you have any questions, especially on, um, on some of these other lead types like code violations or delinquent taxes, these are 
often uh, not as popular as, as pre-foreclosure. So a lot of people kind of gloss over these types, but there's a lot of good information um, in these um, lesser works uh, lead types. So on the delinquent taxes and tax foreclosure side, these are properties in which the homeowner has unpaid tax bills with the county. This is specifically property taxes, not um, federal IRS related taxes. So with these property taxes, um, as, as soon as someone goes delinquent on their property taxes, that information is actually publicly accessible. It's not very easy to access uh, in some cases, but it is available to the public. So what we do is we get a list from the county every single month and we update our list uh, to state that these are the properties that have uh, delinquent taxes on, uh, on the property. And eventually the county will foreclose on these properties uh, if, uh, as long as the, the, you know, certain criteria are in place. Unfortunately, there's no set rule or time frame from which a property is delinquent on taxes to when the county decides to foreclose. I've seen two years to, I've seen properties that have gone for five or six plus years. And these are not properties that have had um, over 65 exemptions and, and deferred property taxes. These are properties that legitimately should be foreclosed on, but you know, for whatever reason, the county just didn't take action uh, for you know, five years uh, before they foreclosed. But that being said, uh, when the county does decide to foreclose, um, then that's when we have the tax foreclosure or the tax sale, which is held at the same location and the same time as mortgage foreclosures, but they're carried out by the county and not by a substitute trustee. So um, these, are, these are good leads to work. Um, of course, people are going to be more motivated if they know their house is going to foreclosure versus someone who has just you know, missed the tax bill for that year. They're probably not going to be that motivated. And the one thing I did allude to uh, just now is that there are certain people who can have delinquent taxes on their home and they don't, they're not at risk of losing their house to foreclosure. Those people in Texas are people who have homestead and an over 65 exemption on their home. They are allowed to defer their property taxes indefinitely. They pay a certain interest rate. Um, and when I say indefinitely, I mean until they either sell the property again or they pass away then the heirs have to take care of the property taxes at that point in time. So one thing you want to understand when working the delinquent tax list is that some of these people fit that criteria. And even though it shows that they're delinquent on their taxes, they're not going to be motivated to sell. So you need to filter out the people who have deferred their taxes. And that, uh, as a side note, is a process that varies from county to county because each county kind of stores that information slightly differently. All right, so those were the main lead types that I mentioned. Um, I'll pull up the, the main list again here for your reference. We don't have the time to go through the rest of these lead types um, all in detail, but let me know in the chat window if there's a lead type here that uh, we didn't cover and you wanna hear a little bit more about, I can definitely talk about that now. Or if you have additional questions about the lead types we covered, uh, now would be a good time for that. I do want to call out the one thing um, that was kind of alluded to as well earlier in the chat. Uh, so all these, all these lead types, um, typically the regular lead types here are just, we just give you the name and the address of this individual who 
is going through pre-foreclosure or is going through um, a loan modification. You can also get all these leads with phone numbers and emails. That's what we call our premium list, uh, which includes skip tracing. So you could get all these leads with phone numbers and emails. So you can, you know, if you're doing text messaging or cold calling or any form of um, social media, targeted social media or email marketing, then you can leverage our skip tracing data uh, to reach out to these homeowners as well and do your marketing. So the two new lists are, um, so great question, John. So the water shut off list, uh, what market are you in, John? Because we're rolling that out now. We have it in the Austin area. Um, Houston is coming soon um, in about a month. Dallas should be going live in about a week. Okay, so Stay tuned. You should see it. Um, essentially, all the new lead types. Uh, you'll just have to scroll down to the bottom, and you should be seeing uh, water shut off soon here in Dallas. It should be in about a week or two. Uh, great question. So, with the water shut off list, uh, what it is is an indication from the uh, from the city that water was turned off. If you're lucky, um, if we're lucky the city will also give us the information when the water is turned back on. Some cities do that, some cities don't. And really the idea here is you want to identify vacant properties um, because if there's no water at the property, you can pretty much guarantee it's vacant. Uh, but if there's just a one-time water, sh water shutoff, that might just be that it was, you know, someone was moving out of the property, either tenants or the house was being sold and the water was just temporarily shut off. But if, it's, if it was shut off and not turned on again for an extended period of time, that's immediately a bit more interesting. So I don't recall if Dallas is one of those cities that gives us both the shut off and the reconnection notice. So what you might want to do is um, kind of figure out, you might want to wait you, you know, a month and see is that water shut off list um, um, still active. Again, it depends, on, it depends on how the city provides that information. So that's just something to be aware of. Um, but yeah, definitely in, in a couple of weeks here, you should see Dallas. Uh, feel free to reach out to us if you want a, a more definite timeline. Uh, just send us an email. I'll, I'll leave our contact information at the end of the presentation here shortly. Uh, for the multi-property owners, that one is a bit, that's a combination of using county data finder um, and uh, some spreadsheet analysis. So that is something you can reach out to me as well and I can, I can show you how to set that up. Um, so you, again, it's a combination of using our county data finder product and then just some spreadsheets, um, spreadsheet manipulation. So I can help you out with that as well. Uh, so I'll drop you my contact information, John, and you can reach out. Uh, so I left you my information, John. So reach out to me. I can show you how to pull the multi-property owner list. That's a good one, especially uh, if you're trying to target landlords. Um, you know, if someone owns two or more real estate, real property, um, real estate in a particular county, you can pretty much uh, say that they're a landlord. Um, so your question though, so the water shutoff list Yes, that will be in the email that comes out every day. It will be in, um, in this email, um, and it will be at the bottom under the divorce list. So you'll see that in a couple of weeks here for Dallas, um, and then it's probably going to be another month for Houston.
So again, just to summarize everything, um, with all our off-market leads, uh, the vast majority of them, except for delinquent taxes, um, we are updating these uh, lists daily. So we have a team, we actually have over, uh, it's 35 people now uh, working uh, in some capacity or another to help us either physically go to the courthouse or scrape this information from the websites. Um, every county has three or four different uh, divisions or different websites where we pull the information from. So you don't have to do that. Um, and uh, believe me, it's a lot of work. I used to do that myself, um, being a, you know, having a software background. I would scrape the information myself just for one county. It, it's a full-time job, basically, staying on top of all the information uh, from all the different counties. So we do that, um, that legwork for you. Um, and when you look at that, you can go out and buy the list individually. Um, it would cost you about 2000 plus here to go out and buy all the lists individually, especially the probate leads are super pricey uh, because they do require you sifting through lots and lots of documents. Um, that being said, um, on top of that, with our off-market leads, you've got uh, on-demand and real-time training for, um, you know, we've got videos and um, webinars as well, such as this one, aimed to help you be successful with all our leads. Uh, we've also got a fantastic support team. They're here today as well. So uh, thanks to our, our marketing and support team for being here. Um, they will be able to answer your questions um, in, in a two-hour time frame. So... Let's see here. Bear with me for a second while I move to the uh, wrap-up slides here. All right. So those were our off-market leads. Um, again, we've got a lot of other products we were not able to touch on today. We've got the County Data Finder, MLS Deal Finder, Fast CMA, and some other calculator tools that will really help you analyze deals and uh, make sure you're really investing in, in a good deal. So Again, if you're interested in, in learning more about those uh, tools or even learning a bit more about these off-market leads um, and you haven't requested a demo, just let us know in the chat window um, and we'll set that up. So if you, again, we're, we're close to the end of the presentation, but uh, we do have more opportunities for you to ask questions. Um, so definitely stick around. I just do want to cover a couple more points here. So again, we do have our customer service team. You can reach us at this phone number here or just send us an email at customerservice at realestateiq.co and we'll be happy to help you out, um, whether it's related to the product itself, um, pricing, um, and, or how to use our, our, our services. Uh, feel free to reach out to our customer service team. And again, let us know if you uh, um, are interested in that uh, 45 minutes one-on-one -on -one training. We're happy to to help you out there and, um, and pass on any additional knowledge we can during that time. So if you've got any other questions, um, please, please uh, don't hesitate to ask us. Uh, reach out to us. Um, you've got our contact information. Join us for our other webinars. And um, um, if you did request a demo, just uh, bear with us. We'll reach out to you in the next couple of days to schedule that. Um, and we'll continue our conversation then. So thank you all so much for being here. Um, take care, stay safe, and uh, happy deal finding to you all. For webinar schedules, follow us at our official social media accounts or visit us at www.realestateiq.co.